You're tuning into the Northwind Podcast. My name is Justin Van Hoff, the editor-in-chief for the Northwind, and I'm joined by fellow editors, Peter Smedley, the features editor, and Travis Nelson, the sports editor. This week of April 11th, 2021, we had a number of stories pop up and a lot of breaking news regarding vaccinations and COVID-19, ranging from the canceling of the on-campus vaccination clinics after the FDA and CDC recommended pausing distribution of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, and also the university forum that President Fritz Erickson held this afternoon that talked about mandatory vaccination plans and other planning going into the fall. In addition, we also had over the weekend, uh, the women's volleyball team came up as victors in the GLIAC championship. Lots of news, lots of stories, and we're ready to dive into it. So this first story here to touch on is the university forum that happened this afternoon. So there is a lot of things touched on in this forum, and frankly, if we, we sat through the entire hour-long forum, we'd, we'd be listening to a lot of plans and a lot of different updates. But some of the things that I think we should pull out and really focus on is at one point he talked about the need for mandatory vaccinations. And this is a topic nationwide, especially for universities and public institutions, that it's going to become an increasing conversation and one that is important to start now, especially as more people are getting vaccinated. So we have a sound clip from the forum where Fritz talks about where they are currently in regards to mandatory vaccination planning. So let's give that a listen. This is President Fritz Erickson. As of right now, we don't have a plan to require vaccines. However, we are reviewing, I mean, and that's, you know, frankly, that's subject to change. You know, we don't know. Look, if there's a mandate that comes down, we'll obviously follow the mandate. And if we think that that's in the best interest, but there are all kinds of ramifications about how you would do, um, you know, mandates. How do you exclude people? How do you document? I mean, it's 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 not for the faint of heart to uh, to be able to get to that. However, we may have to do some things like, you know, if you you want uh, university travel money, you know, to be able to travel, you have to be vaccinated. And there may be those kinds of subsets that we explore. We haven't, we haven't got to that point yet, but I can tell you we're looking very carefully at it. You know, he starts off immediately with that quote saying there's no current plans and then immediately saying that's subject to change. And I think that speaks a lot to how fluid this situation is and how no one really knows that answer. Um, partially because we don't know if there's going to be a federal response um, mandating vaccinations. He did say, although he didn't, you know, commit to to saying like absolutely there will be mandatory vaccinations. He did say that if the scenario that this might apply to, regardless of whether there's mandatory vaccines, is whether people want university monies to go and travel. Um, so, for example, this would be each year the Northwind attends a the the national press convention uh, in Minneapolis, and that takes university funds to fund. Um, So things like that would, uh, according to Fritz in this quote, uh, require vaccinations. Um, You know, I think, you know, this conversation is going to continuously come up and and I'm glad that they're thinking about it. You know, I think that they're running low on time to make that concrete decision, though, especially going into the summer and into the fall. Students should know where that stands. 
there are a lot of, you know, there are a lot of things to think about though, with this mandatory vaccination, obviously right now, um, they can't, employers can't make this vaccine mandatory, just given the legal status of how this was approved under, you know, emergency ac um, access. But that could be subject to change when, you know, it goes through the full regulatory process. There's a lot of things to, to consider, I think. That, that's my big discrepancy with this. And I think that we're approaching it very well as a university. I don't think we can require a vaccine until the FDA officially approves at least one of these vaccines. Um, I think that there, there's a lot that needs to happen before we can actually make it mandatory and require students to have to get vaccinated. And as you were saying earlier before the podcast, I mean, we, we require a lot of different types of immunizations and vaccinations before you even attend the university. So adding COVID to that, to really, it seems like the, the generally the next good step, the step in the right direction, but it is going to take some time and we will need to get that FDA verification. It, it does concern me just a little bit at the end there when he does mention needing to be vaccinated for university travel like that, which I understand why that could be necessary, but also if something isn't FDA approved, that's theoretically putting yourself at risk for something that hasn't been thoroughly tested. Granted, these have gone through a lot of testing and clinical trials. They haven't fully gone through all the stages that they need to go through. Well, something to keep in mind, they have gone through rigorous testing. Um, we want to make sure that we're not being misleading there. These have been approved by the FDA and the CDC as being safe to take and effective against COVID-19. Uh, just given the way that this, these vaccines were approved through this process, it was an expedited process. That doesn't mean that any of the data they've found has proven that these are less safe or less effective. Uh, and I think that's an important thing to keep in mind. The thing about this for me, it's like, it's like makes me angry in a way, just because I'm not because of the message in general, but it's the people who their first thought process goes to, well, about to have this microchip or whatever, you know, like that, that drives me crazy that that's your first instantaneous response to this. So it's like, yet you're, you're, we're, we're battling not against COVID, but against other people too. It's like, that's the point. And it's like, you're talking about, you have a long way to go, Peter, on a different journey. This is like a whole different journey. There's so many journeys and not just one that so many obstacles that are in the way of this. And it's, it's, it's like frustrating. Cause like, I'm excited for that thing. And it's like, why would you not like, this is mandatory vaccination. It doesn't matter what it means is mandatory. You know, I don't know. It's frustrating to me right now seeing, I mean, what people are going to react like. I, it just like this whole thing, it's just like tiresome to a point. It's like, I really, I don't, I don't know how really how to describe it. It's not like I'm like boiling with anger, but it's like, it's just going to, it's going to be annoying the whole time and cause people are going to whine all the time and act like the government's just like coming after us. And it's like, it's not, you don't need some area 51 conspiracy theory on this stuff. It's like, when it's someone tell your, in this case, when you're your university, I'm not sure if anyone, what any students are saying this or not, I'm just saying from just the general, but if your university president says you have to get vaccinated, you're going to have to get vaccinated. I don't know. <laughs> like it's pretty simple and I'm excited for when we get to that point that we can actually do things again been and not only save not only help yourself but help other people too so i'm excited for this whole thing to come forward at some point yeah, i fully agree with that sentiment travis i think the frustration a lot of it is coming from the politicization of all of this yep. i mean we're, we're coming off of a very very politically charged 
um, election year too, where it seems like the entire country is so divisive about everything. And then the next thing is the vaccination where people are saying microchips and 5G. And I mean, I, I got my shot a couple of days ago and I even joked about, I can feel the 5G coursing through my veins. And like, it's fun to joke about that stuff, but on a serious note, like people take that seriously and it's, it's not what it is. It's just to get us out of this pandemic. I mean, we all want to get out of this pandemic and when people don't follow through with getting these vaccinations, they're really slowing us down and they're really the cause of creating more sickness and illness and deaths and just that number keeps rising and we really need to put a cap on that and just accept that the vaccination is going to be okay and we're not going to be horribly affected by it as long as these trials have continued to turn out well. I mean, yeah, you could just hope that for obviously the Johnson and Johnson scare that we just had. Um, of course, you look at the numbers, it's not a high percentage, but does it, it's still six people that that have been affected by this that we can't, could be three of us, you never know someday. So it's like, you just, that's the thing. It's like, hopefully they have to get, the, they get that taken care of. Hopefully that there's no more um, health problems with the vaccines and that we can continue to pump them out and get people vaccinated and quick as possible. Cause it's, it's, it's getting better, but it's been a long, long process just in general. And I think we're all, I can't speak for you guys much, but I think we all think that we all want to get through this and everyone be vaccinated and not have to wear a mask. Like not, I'm going to get to the point where like, obviously masks or whatever, but I'm saying like, if we can to a point where you can not want to wear a mask and like, you're not a risk at risk either. That's the point. That's the whole one day we'll get there guys, but we just got to keep moving on and making sure that encourage people to get vaccinated. Yeah. And it's tough too. like, you never want to force somebody to do something, right? You never want to be in that situation, but we're kind of getting to the point where we have no choice, right? People who are want to get vaccinated are, are going out of their way to get vaccinated. You know, I got my shot today. Peter got a shot yesterday and, and many of my friends have gone out of their way to get their uh, shots scheduled too. It's going to, it, it'll be interesting to see the number of, of students on campus who just choose not to and do not want to, because those are going to be the people that are really holding us back from being in person, face to face with limited to no restrictions, you know? So I think it's, you know, it's just an important reminder and, and I'll take this time to remind everybody, if you are given the option to get the vaccine, please, please, please take it. I know there's, you know, been scares about J&J and we'll talk about that um, with Peter's piece here shortly, but regardless of, you know, Moderna or Pfizer, please, please, please sign up and get these vaccines. We do not want, just like Travis was saying, I don't want to be stuck behind a mask and plexiglass forever. Obviously, I understand it's important to keep people safe and we should continue to be very, very, very adamant in, in how we fight against COVID-19. But please, 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 if you're able to get the vaccine, encourage your family, encourage your friends to sign up and, and so that we can all someday be at the end of this very, very long saga we have called COVID-19. Yeah, I thought that was good discussion. I, I appreciate both of your thoughts, uh, good insight into how, you know, how we will continue to have <laughs> these dialogues and, and questions around mandatory vaccine. I think um, this topic isn't going anywhere as long as COVID-19 is around. So now shifting gear just slightly, we had a piece, Peter, talking to Dr. Kirkpatrick this past Monday. Is that correct? 
Yes, funny thing about this piece is as soon as I finished writing it, maybe 12 hours or so later, uh, the CDC announced that the Johnson & Johnson vaccine would not be distributed and that there was that uh, blood clot risk. So um, Christopher Kirkpatrick, Dr. Kirkpatrick, this was prior to that, so it's a little bit framed a little bit different, but he's discussing what steps we have taken during COVID to continue to decrease the spread and how those are very important to continue to do. And while it did seem like we were approaching this light at the end of the tunnel, we have to stay vigilant. We have to continue to do these things that we're all a little bit sick of doing. And uh, so here's Dr. Kirkpatrick speaking on that. We talked a little bit about pandemic fatigue and, um, you know, this time of year, everybody's pretty done with this whole scenario. It, it's really a bummer. Um, but, you know, the, the things that we've stressed all along the way here, the mask wearing, the social distancing, the being careful of, um, you know, your associations and things, I think those are still very important, unfortunately. We were hoping that um, the country would be in a different place by now and that this would have run its course. Uh, but those are really some of the greatest protections in addition to the vaccination to, to, to quell this. So um, I'd say, you know, it's, it's discouraging, but, um, but keep at it. And um, with the vaccine rollout, hopefully things will get better very soon here. So I think it's important to remain optimistic, but also a little bit reserved. We have to continue to keep up with our COVID restrictions and um, with that, uh, not official order, but recommendation by Governor Whitmer to consider those guidelines and potentially pursue them. Um, a bit of the numbers here for uh, the vaccinations, the Moderna vaccine is 94.1% uh, effective according to the CDC. Um, the Pfizer vaccine is 95% effective. And then the Johnson & Johnson was only proven to be 66.3% effective. So I think those numbers, while the Johnson & Johnson is a little bit low there, and there is some stuff to consider considering the blood clot situation. The total for the, the other two are very high and we need to really consider being okay with getting those. Well, and another important thing to mention, you're mentioning those effective rates. Um, that's also, we got to think of it, all of them are 100% effective in keeping people from dying of COVID-19. You know, even those who have taken J&J, &J, people who have been vaccinated with J&J &J, don't die due to COVID-19. Uh, you know, and that's the important thing to recognize, no matter what vaccine you're able to get, all of them will protect you against dying of COVID-19. And that's the important part. So the J&J &J vaccine, I, there's quite a bit to, to talk about here. Uh, you know, there is, you know, a small percentage of people like, I think Travis mentioned six people total, all of them were women ages 18 to 48. Um, did have blood clots, uh, a very rare um, type of blood clot um, in their system that is, is very deadly. Um, but also something to keep in mind is, yes, uh, you know, these were found in six cases out of the 6.8 million doses given. People who have contracted COVID-19 and who have not been vaccinated present uh, like 20 to 30 percent, somewhere around that ballpark of an increase for blood clots. So I, I don't know, you look at those numbers and you take your chances. Do you rather get COVID-19 and recover and, and that be your deal? Or do you take the risk out of six, out of 6.8 million um, to get the J&J &J vaccine? I understand like absolutely they should have paused it once they found that and I'm glad that they did. Uh, it's over an abundance of caution because of how rare this is. Um, you know, there's, I just really, really hope that uh, it's sucks for multiple reasons, right? Because we were just um, scheduled to give students the J&J &J vaccine 
on Tuesday and Wednesday, and a lot of people were signed up for that. And that was going to be a lot of people's opportunity to get vaccinated. But you really just hope that this doesn't lead to people being discouraged to get any vaccines. Um, because that would really, really suck. That would really suck um, for multiple, <laughs> for multiple reasons, because like, we're all trying to get through the end of this. We're all trying to get safely at the end of COVID-19 and be able to look at this as something that just was instead of is. Uh, and, you know, you hope that the FDA and, and um, CDC can, can look back over this vaccine and, and find that it is effective and, and okay to use. But we can't let this, and we should not let this uh, skew our, our perception of vaccines in general. And that's going to be something, you know, that those of us um, have a responsibility to inform those who are struggling and understanding that. So if your friends or family are saying things like, oh my goodness, like, did you see what happened with the J&J vaccine? This is just one more reason why you shouldn't get vaccinated. Tell them the, you know, this is six cases out of 6.8 million. You're more likely to get blood clots by conducting COVID or contracting COVID-19. So there really is no excuse not to get vaccinated, I think. Yeah, as a, as a little bit of a side note from me, I know I've taken a bit of more of a reservation of, in my opinions today, but I am 100% for the vaccination and for getting vaccinated, and everybody should get vaccinated. Nice to say that, Pierre, though, for sure, because people might think that, you know, people might not know. So that's good to, you know, make sure to be clear about that. But, you know, even looking at all the vaccines that are out, the three kinds that we got, you kind of think if it was something that was going to happen, it wasn't going to be at this one, to be honest. Like, you, you, you just thought just because of, I mean, look at the numbers. You look at, I mean, two shot or one shot. I mean, that's not, that's not as important. But, and like, I feel like it came in late and like kind of rushed in. I felt like at the last second, that's what it felt like to me. But obviously, I don't like study it as much as probably you two do. So, like, I don't really know. But I mean, it just seemed like that was not, that's not really a shot. I wasn't really, I'm not saying it was, it was surprising, but it wasn't like, okay, well, it wasn't like, Pfizer or Moderna or those two, that would have been surprised, very surprising to me. But yeah, like Justin, you pointed at it. Um, I'm really glad they paused it because you can always resume it at some point if you figure it out. But instead of you slit, keep going and then it could be too late and could be it's a more severe than you ever thought. So this hopefully gives time for whoever's to looking at this to make sure it was wrong and they could fix it before they realize more something more um, severe of it, which is obviously the hope is that they can figure it out. But I think you should, I don't know, it still goes back to the point where you, you want to look at, you can trust the numbers, look at the numbers, look for percentages if whatever, you know, the math of it all. But I think the math all points you're getting vaccinated and everything is a guarantee. There's no guarantees. You're not going to be immune to COVID guaranteed from getting the vaccine, but you're gonna be in a way better shape comparison to some stuff maybe you would have been or I mean in my case of having COVID I was one of the fortunate ones who had a minor case of minor symptoms but people haven't obviously look how many people haven't been as fortunate so that can save your life it kind of almost almost the mask thing in a way where you're not only saving yourself but you're saving others as well and you're taking that consideration I think it's really important and it's like pretty it's an unselfish thing to do to get this vaccine not just for yourself so i think that's a way to look at it as well yeah absolutely travis i 100 percent agree with that sentiment 
It's tough too. I, I know um, where this Johnson and Johnson controversy fits into NMU is like I had mentioned the cancellation of our, or not the cancellation, but the postponement of our on-campus vaccination clinics. And I know that that was really tough because a lot of students were looking forward to that vaccine. I think Travis, you were signed up for one of those slots as well. And that's, and that's tough, right? To, to like be looking forward to your vaccination appointment and, you know, think like, okay, light at the end of the tunnel, light at the end of the tunnel to get that um, message early in the morning saying like, okay, now you can't get the vaccine this way. You have to go through Marquette Health Department, which thank goodness Marquette County Health Department has been working to accommodate people <laughs> who are students who want to get vaccinated, but it just sucks, right? You never want to be in that situation where there needs to be, and I think that this is true regardless of, of what we want fall to look like, there needs to be on-campus vaccination clinics for students. And I think Kirkpatrick knows that, NMU knows that as a whole, right? We need to be vaccinating students. So this is not the situation they wanted to find themselves in. And I think it, it's, not, it's not at all their fault, right? They did everything they were supposed to do. They, they did the planning. And I think that you know, we shouldn't be pointing the fingers at NMU saying, okay, like, why didn't you offer students vaccines or why didn't you do this? Like they are doing everything they can at this point and we commend their efforts. It's, it's tough, COVID-19 is not an easy battle and we're all fighting it right now in our own ways, mentally and in some physically. You hope that, that we can continue vaccination clinics once J&J is found to be safe again, or if we need to switch to Moderna or Pfizer. It's just really, really important that regardless of what we do, we need to have a vaccination clinic prior to the start of the fall semester. If we wanna be safe and we wanna have less restrictions, that's gonna be how we do it, I think. Well, it's good discussion there. All right, shifting focus onto sports. Travis, we had some exciting news this weekend for the women's volleyball team in the GLIAC tournament. Is that right? Yes, it is. And this is like the probably largest shift of this podcast you've ever had in the short time you've been doing this because we just talked, I mean, how serious can we, can not get any more serious than what we just talked about for how long, but in a very, 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 I can't emphasize, I cannot emphasize the word very enough, less serious way here. Um, COVID doesn't have all, it hasn't been all negatives. You know, it hasn't been all downs. It's been, of course, volleyball is a fall sport usually for NMU and the rest of the country, you know, and that the fall, the fall sports are canceled. Like football didn't get to play at all. Um, let's see, cross country didn't get to play at all. But they had their but at least cross country they had their track and field season in the spring, so they're that's better for them. But but like for volleyball and like men's and women's soccer, they had the luxury of being able to be playing in the springtime or I guess late winter I should say because they started in February and March. But NMU had their best season in probably nearly 20 years because they went 15 and two overall. They won the GLIAC tournament championship. They shared the regular season title Michigan Tech. That's a whole nother rant for another day. You want to talk about how that shouldn't have happened and how they are clearly the number one. But nonetheless, NMU show who was number one. They beat Tech, who they shared the title with, three to zero in the championship game. So they left no doubt on who was the real GLIAC champs. And um, it's really great for them. And I, I touched in it a little bit. My staff column this week, I just finished writing a part of this podcast, actually, about how the fall sports championships got canceled. So there's no NCAA tournament for the volleyball team. To go on, the, which they would have obviously been in, which I don't understand that at all. I basically, he's talked about how if you're gonna play it, why, why, why play it at all if you're not gonna have the, like you play, you do things to be the best that you can be at them. Like 
what's the point of going like I just think of it this way what's the point of going to school for four years if they tell you you can't get a bachelor's degree I'm not like I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna go to school I know you can get into solutions that's not even that's not even like the point it's just like you play you do all these things for the top goal of winning being a national champ I think that's what I mean that's the main the big big goal but Northern still had the best season they've had in 18 years winning the Gleag tournament it was an incredible season to look on from afar and watch what was happening. And it was just incredible to follow. And I'm just like, as much as anger fills me with the fact that they weren't able to get their chance at the national stage, they really had an impressive season. And here's coach Mike Lozer talking about just the, the week this past weekend a little bit, winning three matches in three days to win that GLIAC tournament. Yeah, it was a, it was a heck of a heck of a run this weekend. Um, I mean, even starting on Thursday, and being able to honor those players that earned all conference achievements was really, really exciting to be a part of. And we were practicing right next to tech on Thursday night and they got, they found out earlier that they had released who had won. So they were kind of like celebrating and cheering. And I was like, nobody look at their phones. Like I want to do this together. And so we actually all piled on the bus and then I pulled up the video that Gliak had released. And so we all celebrated together and, learned together who had achieved those awards and um it was a perfect opportunity to kick off the the weekend and kind of just never looked back it was it was a it was a fun ride yeah uh i think you know this is exciting news especially given the really tough loss in the hockey season to have finally some one of our teams win the gliac championship this semester right this is this is exciting news you know, it's what a weird situation. I know you did touch on it very briefly of the tie with Michigan Tech and that whole fiasco that we discussed last time. It's it's weird, um, but I'm glad that, you know, they hit the tournament after that weirdness and just pulled out a W. You like to see it. Um, very exciting, I think, for any team, but especially the the volleyball team going through COVID and having to deal with everything that's been the same for all teams, right? We've all been dealing with those COVID restrictions and training and, and all of that, but it's, it's good to see during these times, a team at NMU be able to pull out a big win like this and be able to bring something home that reflects their hard work. It, it's not easy during these times to work out and be in good shape and be able to be tournament ready, but they obviously showed they were and, and they came out with the win there, you know? Why don't we have a rematch with Tech? Why don't we just do that? You know, of all teams to tie with, it had to be Tech. It, of course, it's Tech. <laughs> but besides that, I think uh, it's better to focus on the, the fact that they won the Gleag tournament over that they tied uh, for the championship with Tech overall. Um, I think focusing on the success here is a lot better. And as you said, Justin, with the heartbreak of the hockey team, it's really nice to see uh, us take home something that's pretty up there for the sports. Yeah, enemy. They played the final two weeks of the regular season, which would have been a week and a half ago at this point of the day we're recording this. But so, yeah, they beat, they split, both teams split. Northern wanted to beat them twice. They don't want it. But then they did play in the Gleak tournament championship game and Northern beat, swept Michigan Tech three to zero, best of three, best three out of five um, in volleyball for, for sets and enemy won three in a row. So that was a big Northern. After splitting with Tech, they really and it was really close. They showed in the Gleag tournament that we are the team, which they kind of settled that debate real quick. And that's it was just impre- they had an impressive run over against Davenport, Grand Valley, and Michigan Tech over the course of the three days, and it was really exciting. 
just to see them finish strong like that, they could have lost and it would have been a disappointment, I guess, because of how good of the season was. So anything, it was a championship robust, I bet, for the team. But again, selfish, prob- selfishly, probably of me. I, again, I'm still angry that they couldn't go on to face and na- be in the national tournament as they would have been in any other year. But it's not any other year. And you got to remember that a little bit. But I just think if they were able to play, like, why can't they just play the national tournament? I just don't get that. But it doesn't matter. We won the Gladiator tournament. And, you know, that's the best – that's the peak conference achievement you can get in the, at the collegiate level. So props to them. All right. And I, that concludes – thank you, Travis, for that coverage and the women's volleyball. And that concludes our Northwind podcast for today. We'll wrap things up. As always, uh, we appreciate you tuning in to the Northwind podcast. Uh, if you're interested in reading any of these stories that we covered today, they will be on our website, thenorthwindonline.com, and some of them will appear in our weekly digital PDF that is also available on northwindonline.com, but also available through email to all NMU students. Uh, if you are interested in listening to previous versions of the podcast, you can do so on our anchor at the Northwind podcast on our soundcloud the northwind podcast and on spotify the northwind podcast we appreciate you tuning in please stay safe get vaccinated and we will see you all next week